Hey fans, before we get going, just wanted to send out a reminder that you can head to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds, where you can choose to support this podcast, or you can send us voice messages. We certainly appreciate either. So head over to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds. Please show us some love. Now let's get on to the show. the go blue crew hey there everyone welcome to episode 115 of the go blue crew i know it's been a while things didn't work out for us last week it was actually kind of an embarrassing story right derek yeah i would say so (laughs) embarrassing for both of us i just totally forgot that we said we were going to record this episode uh and derek i'll let you speak for yourself I remembered, but kind of fell asleep during the window that we had decided to record during. So <laughs> it just didn't work out. I, yeah, I, I, uh, shows my was, commitment uh, <laughs> to follow up with you. I was a little thankful actually that you fell asleep because it wasn't totally on me then. But, uh, Michigan, you know, losers of two in a row, obviously, against Wisconsin and Ohio State, uh, teams that, well, in Wisconsin's case, I should say, has not shot the lights out this season. And then all of a sudden against Michigan, you know, 81 points, uh, double-digit threes. How many did they hit? Uh, Too many. Uh, 12. No, not 12. 11. They had 12 three, uh, free throws. 11 three-pointers. And then you know, Ohio State, I think, had uh, 11. I mean, so, you know, back-to-back games of just really getting lit up behind the arc and uh, the first one you could kind of say, okay, Michigan was missing um, Eli Brooks, a really good perimeter defender. And he comes back against Ohio state, but uh, you know, the Buckeyes still just, they found enough open shots and hit enough of them. And, and of course, you know, in the, in the second half, they, they banked in a couple and that, that always hurts, but that was just a really big problem all of a sudden in these two games, just not being able to defend behind the arc. What did what did you see? Yeah, I mean, Ohio State's second half was outstanding. They I mean, it felt like they couldn't miss. They only missed 10 times. They Six of their um, three-pointers were in the second half, and like you said, two banks. They didn't miss a single free throw in the second half. And I think Michigan just had some you know defensive breakdowns. They weren't obviously as effective offensively, and uh, you kind of waited for uh, someone to turn it on. Wagner played well there um, in the second half, but Isaiah Livers just didn't have a good game. Uh, and I think with a combination of foul trouble throughout and some of the breakdowns offensively and defensively mixed with that incredible second half of Ohio State shooting, you really don't have much of a chance uh, on the road in those circumstances. So I think my question for you is if we were to take it back to last week, Michigan would be coming off of um, I mean, their fifth victory in a row, uh, one that started with uh, beating Michigan State at home, taking care of business on the road against Northwestern Rutgers uh, for a second time, basically, uh, and then at the road at Purdue, who they've also beaten twice this season. We would have recorded that podcast uh, before the Wisconsin game. What, what do you think, how do you think we would have felt going in? I mean, I think we both confidently would have said Michigan should handle Wisconsin uh, and likely have a chance to be Ohio State. And I think we, even if they would have lost, I don't think we would have expected it to look like it did. So kind of where are you, or where would you have been last week had we talked 
and then kind of talk on where you're at now this week after the two losses. Last week, I feel like we would have been almost as high as we've been at any point in this season. Like going back to the beginning, you know, beating North Carolina, which we say every time is is like less impressive the farther in the season you go. But at the time, of course, that's a really big deal. Beating Gonzaga, like as high as we were back then on this team, we were approaching that with five straight victories, including back-to-back road wins against Rutgers and Purdue, two tough road environments. This week, though, I mean, after two straight losses, um, you see some defensive problems sneak back in. I, I mean, I'm still feeling all right. It's not like it, it. It's not as bad as it was when when they lost uh, like five of six or whatever it was. You know, like got trounced at Michigan State. Like when they when they had a really hard time winning. Um, you know, that was the lowest point. And I feel like there isn't even enough time left in the season to get back to that low point because if you know, I we'll talk uh, about the games coming up later. I know, but like you know, you got Nebraska. Okay, that'll be a really bad loss. But then you have at Maryland. Like if you lose these next two, you can only be really upset about the one. So I, I think I'm I'm feeling fine. It's just uh, it's just that defensive stuff that I think they it comes and goes and and I'm worried that it's here right now at this point in the season but uh you know Xavier Simpson on a bright spot his his offensive game is turning a corner uh, he had 32 points against Wisconsin I know that was a losing effort and I know Wisconsin was fine giving him those looks because it meant that he wasn't distributing the ball as much and we've talked about that before but the 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 good news there is that like he proved a lot including against Ohio State that when Michigan needs a bucket, he he can probably be the guy to go get it. He's he's obviously really good at getting to the basket. He's got that hook shot. Uh, I I think that was like the one of the really bright things I took away from these two losses. Yeah, I mean it's good to see him kind of turn the corner. He had been struggling in a couple of games, and including I think even against the. Was it in the win against uh, Purdue that he went scoreless? One of the games I thought he went scoreless or near scoreless. He may not have gone scoreless, but I think against Purdue he was like 0 for 10 from the field. I don't know if yeah. he had free throws. So, I mean, that helps. And I think that's what was surprising is he, he played so well against Wisconsin and they lose. Um, he played, again, well enough. Um, was pretty efficient from the floor. Um, dished out seven assists and finished with 12, which is right around his average. Um, a lot of that I felt like was in the first half, uh, but he didn't get any help. I mean, Franz Wagner turned it on in the second half. He was really good on the boards as well. But yeah, I mean, Isaiah Livers only had six. Uh, Austin Davis came off the bench and provided a little bit of a spark. Uh, but John Teske kind of in another lull. Eli Brooks hit a couple of shots that were big, um, but really was ineffective. And, I mean, you can't blame him. He looked like Batman out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure he wasn't comfortable at all in the court, so hopefully that comes back. DeJulius hit a big shot and then really didn't do much. And then Brandon Johns was, I mean, it almost seemed like he didn't play. Um I have more vivid memories of the few minutes that uh, Colin Castleton got, but when you get, you know, when you get into a situation and you're not effective, then it's, I mean, you're, you're not going to play. Uh, and that, that kind of showed. And I, and I just feel like for Michigan to avoid really another letdown, like they had, 
in January. I mean, they obviously got to take care of business in at least one of the two next games, but they've got to play better basketball. I, part of me feels like they're pretty safe for the tournament. Now if they lose to Nebraska and get blown out by Maryland and some other crazy things happen, maybe they're at jeopardy. But I think that they're probably a lock in the tournament. It's just a matter of their seeding for the Big Ten tournament and for the NCAA tournament. But I think where I'm at is, you know what, you could really kind of fall apart and then just turn it on at the right time. Uh, Michigan seemed to do well when they played back-to-back days in, the, in Atlantis. Uh, they have a team near full strength. But, man, you really got to have something positive any day in March. Uh, and so far, uh, late February, early March, Michigan uh, has found its way in a, in a two-game slump. And it just feels so much different, like you were saying already, compared to what we would have talked about last week and where we would have been. Because you're right, I think we would have kind of been as high on this team uh, as we had at any point this season and felt really confident going into both of those games uh, now we're in a different space, and I'm sure the team is as well. So we'll we'll see how they rebound uh, this week. But, man, they, they better turn it on or they're going to have trouble come tournament time. Well, CBS Sports, I just pulled up, like, the, the bracket stuff. CBS Sports here has Michigan as a, at a seven seed. Uh, ESPN Bracketology, I think, is a uh, six. Yeah, six seed. And uh, I, I do believe I can definitely say with ESPN that has been updated. Both both are, are since uh, Michigan's loss to Ohio State. So I don't really have any kind of worries about them getting in the NCAA tournament. I think it's just a matter of trying to get the best seed you can get and uh, playing your best basketball and, and uh, a, a, a stretch of games in the Big Ten tournament can help. Well, any conference tournament. I mean, you see teams like they do really well there. And then it translates into a good NCAA tournament. And Michigan has done that before, obviously, like in recent in recent seasons. So that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm not necessarily concerned about them getting into the NCAA tournament at this point. And it, like, yeah, like you said, like they would have to get swamped by Nebraska, you know, or, or lose to Nebraska, swamped by Maryland, get knocked out of the the conference tournament in a, in a bad way before I would even start to worry about that. But you mentioned, um, you know, unfair to expect Eli Brooks to be good against Ohio state because, you know, he's wearing a mask. He's, he has a broken nose. Like, obviously, yeah, you get it. At what point though, do you like expect him to, is he, at what point is he accountable to the, to, you know, to where he was before the broken nose? Oh, I'd say by Thursday. I mean, when you look at what he was able to do, even maybe in an uncomfortable situation, and I don't know the, the word on how much he practiced, but I'd assume uh, getting a full game in, getting a loss in, knowing that he probably could have played better no matter what the circumstance was. I think you look at an opportunity in a, the last game at Chrysler, uh, and I think that he should be able to, to easily get back into the groove. And so, yeah, I'd hold him accountable uh, that soon because assuming he gets a full week of practice, uh, is ready to go uh, Thursday and then can bounce back Sunday uh, for the last game of the regular season on the road. I think, yeah, there's really no excuse to, to be made beyond uh, against Ohio State, and that's kind of a, a loose excuse to be able to make. But, I mean, it's kind of felt like – it just felt like they all were uncomfortable to, to some point. It felt like they knew it was a big game. Uh, they knew that obviously winning that game helps in the Big Ten. It almost felt like they were unprepared for it. Uh, they just didn't respond how we've seen them respond 
uh, in other games they've been down they've started down they've kind of clawed their way back into it and again Ohio State was playing really good and we talked about this the last time these two teams met that Ohio State uh, probably shouldn't have won the first game either uh, but they were both really good earlier in the season in non-conference. They both went through slumps, and I think that Ohio State's just the, the more talented team. Uh, I think that they'll continue to prove uh, that to the nation. They obviously did well enough to beat Michigan twice, so I think that it's tough to beat a team like that on the road, but really, honestly, the games outside of against Nebraska at home on Thursday the games are going to be to that level that they, that it was Sunday, if not beyond, including going to Maryland, a team who has lost a couple of games, including to Ohio State uh, and Michigan State. But, I mean, the games are not going to get any easier, and so I think that's the scarier thing. Sure, they're going to make the tournament, probably even if they lose the next three games, but how they play is just as important. Um, and, I, and I feel like what we saw the last two games doesn't give you a lot of confidence heading into the, the important parts of March. Okay, we'll move on to Nebraska, but really quick, my last thought on Eli Brooks, I'm thinking like with a broken nose, a mask, you, you're going to be timid going to the rim and like taking contact, right? Yeah, I, I would imagine. Okay. I think there isn't a player who, you know, who plays regularly for, for Michigan uh, who, who, stays outside of the paint, like stays away from that kind of contact as much as Brooks. He gets in and he, he has that floater that he really likes. And um, David DeJulius has that too, but he'll also get in there and absorb contact. So I'm thinking like if any player was going to break their nose and maybe be a little timid, probably best case scenarios is it's Eli Brooks because he's already not taking a whole lot of contact. This doesn't really subtract from his game what he normally does it's it's just an adjustment you know seeing everything clearly shooting like it's not a there's not probably much of a mental barrier to get over as much as you know if Xavier Simpson had broken into his nose we might be really concerned about that like is he going to be okay going in the lane and taking all that contact so I think with Eli Brooks maybe that's the the upside there okay so Nebraska does Michigan need like a convincing win or after you lose two in a row, are you just trying to get back in the win column? I mean, you can look at two things. You, you need to get back in the win column. Any win helps your tournament seating. Uh, the tournament has still has so many scenarios just because of all the teams uh, kind of in that, that middle pack there. Uh, but yeah, I think if you win convincingly, that could, uh, that could help in terms of the, I think the tournament seeding, it has to be harder than almost any year that I can think of in the recent past, uh, just because of all the, the teams that seemed like they can compete for the, the national championship and all the, the teams that are kind of middle of the pack in their respective conferences. And then, of course, you got the Big Ten, where I think the number is still right around 10 in terms of the number of teams that can get in. They take up about a third of the top 25. Um, I think the, the convincing win where it helps the most is for the confidence, because I have a lot of trouble seeing Michigan pull off the upset on the road at Maryland, uh, but anything positive that can happen before them, uh, whether it's uh, they shoot lights out in Chrysler for the last regular season game or a specific player like an Isaiah Livers kind of has a bounce back game and goes nine for 11 instead of two for 11. Uh, I think no matter what you can do in kind of the, the positive realm, I think that that will help. But in terms of what it means to, to win, 
uh, whether it's by 30 points or 10 points for the Big Ten tournament, obviously it doesn't really matter. You just need the, the W in the column. I think if Michigan wins by like seven or something against Nebraska, I'll be, um, I'll just take it and I'll, uh, I'll move on and be like, okay, you know, something better has to happen because it's a home game. If this was on the road, then your expectations change a little bit. Uh, and literally like the last time Michigan played Nebraska, they were on a losing streak. That's when they had lost four in a row. And Nebraska was that first win back 79, 68, uh, you know, a road win in the Big Ten. This was at home, though, and you've lost two in a row. I think you do need something convincing, like you said, because at this point you're looking for a confidence boost, not just uh, going into the postseason, but you've got a huge finale at Maryland, and I know we won't be alone in saying a win isn't likely, but uh, you know, we kind of thought the same thing against Michigan State, and Michigan won that game uh, – pretty convincingly all things considered so i i think you do need to go in there and like get something kind of convincing it the point differential obviously doesn't mean um everything because we know how games can sway uh like really late you know with free throws and the other team jacking up threes and hitting a couple of them but you just need like a dominant kind of performance i think yeah i don't care what the final score is as much as i want it to be a game where Maybe outside of a four minutes to go scare, uh, it seems like Michigan has is in, in the driver's seat the whole time and is cruising to victory. I mean, there's scores like uh, on the road at Northwestern where they just pummeled them. They also pummeled Indiana at home. That'd be nice to, to win by 20-plus. But if you can get up 15, up 16, and maybe they creep within – nine eight maybe make a, a run late because michigan goes cold or kind of gets complacent that's fine uh, but i want a game where michigan is clearly the better team because uh, they should be against nebraska uh, clearly the better team and kind of put them away early uh, and not necessarily turn your focus to the next game during the game but give you something to say hey you know what we're the better team uh, we came out one by 20 points and we're ready to for a challenge not only at Maryland, but then the next week. I mean, the tournament starts uh, March 11th. I mean, that's literally three days after they play Maryland on Sunday. And sure, they probably won't be playing that first day. But if you can do anything to, to give yourself the confidence, even lose a close one on the road at Maryland, make them, uh, make them work for it. I think you're going to see uh, Michigan have a better chance. But yeah, in terms of the, the postseason, I just don't know what to expect. I mean, we, we felt so high there for a while. Uh, with the five wins in a row, and I think they won, what, like seven out of eight with the only loss coming to Ohio State, which was kind of a surprise uh, loss there with the way they were playing. And and so and I just hope to see them split, I guess, to finish the regular season. And cons- all things considered, I, I guess I'd be pretty happy with that. So going into that Maryland game, it, it – uh their lead in the conference standings has dwindled a little bit. You got a few 12 and six teams behind the Terrapins who are 13 and five. So it's a possibility that uh, Maryland will play that game with the, the regular season title locked up or they'll be playing it to win it. Do you have a preference? Like, would you like Maryland to be in that game uh, needing a win to, to lock up the regular season title? So Michigan has a chance to steal it. Yeah, I mean, that'd, that'd be great. And I, I think I want any any situation where Maryland plays their best basketball, the better. If that means Michigan gets beat by 25, then that means Michigan gets beat by 25. But I want Michigan to 
have every scenario possible happen in terms of get the win against Nebraska. Hopefully you win against Maryland. But if you don't, let's have Maryland exploit some of the weaknesses. So Juwan Howard and his staff, a staff again, that's new. And I think a lot of times we are able to look past that, but let's have Maryland point out some of Michigan's weaknesses heading into the tournament time and see how Juwan Howard responds. Again, they played really well back to back to back days in Atlantis, can they do the same when it comes to the Big Ten tournament? Can they do the same with little rest in the NCAA tournament first round? And so if Maryland's playing for the title uh, and they're going to play some of their best basketball on their home court, which they should as good as they've been this season, then it's awesome if Michigan stays in that game. It's even sweeter if Michigan wins that game. And if they don't and get beat by 10 or more, then Michigan knows what to work on because Maryland is a team that could do some incredible damage in the Big Ten tournament. I think Ohio State could do some damage. I think Michigan State could do some damage. I think a lot of Big Ten teams um, could be second weekend teams depending on um, who shows up and, and if they play their best basketball, including Michigan. I mean, Michigan, again, has shown some really highs and high highs and some really low lows. So I think going into the weekend, I expect Maryland to win, but I personally think that Michigan will keep it close, at least for a while. Again, the end of the game, that, that final score um, can end up being 13, even if it was a four- to six-point game throughout. But, yeah, I mean, I just want to see Michigan's best basketball uh, because that's literally what it's going to take to win even a couple of games in the Big Ten tournament, let alone the NCAA tournament. Okay, let's wrap this up. A, a home game against Nebraska followed by a road game against Maryland. You really can't get more opposite than that in the Big Ten. I mean, you get, uh, right? A home game against arguably the worst team, followed by a road game against what has consistently been the best team. It's, yeah, it's, it's polar opposites there. And so this is really just a formality, but we got to do it anyway. Uh, what do you think Michigan does in these two final games of the regular season? Loss win. <laughs> Just kidding. But, but reverse mean, that. So, I mean, so clearly, <laughs> I'm a little bit dyslexic. Now, I'm, I'm going to go Michigan win big, uh, and I think Michigan's going to lose to Maryland by around 10 points. Okay. I think uh, I got a big win with you against Nebraska. I think it'll probably be more than 10, though, against Maryland. I, I would look for the 15 to 20 range. I don't think it's going to be all that close. I just don't, I don't see it. Mentally preparing, and we've got a few days. Yeah, and then we'll just go into the Big Ten tournament and uh, try to relive some of those John Beeline conference tournament magical days, right? Beating beating Purdue, dunking on Isaac Haas. There's a yeah. whole lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for Juwan Howard to, to have a moment. Again, I don't expect Michigan to win the Big Ten tournament. I think – You'd be crazy if anyone thought that they were going to win the Big Ten tournament just uh, based on their placing in the in the conference alone. Again, it's possible, but it's going to take their best basketball. So hopefully he at least has a couple of moments to showcase. Uh, I'm excited that in Juwan Howard's first season, it's likely uh, to very likely that they're going to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, so he has opportunities, and I think that's all we kind of – hoped for going into the season. I think expectations were super high at the beginning because of Atlantis. I think they sunk down to uh, reality, if not lower uh, in January, they kind of rose back up. I mean, I, the one thing that I've been consistent on in my thinking is that this season was going to be full of highs and full of lows. And that's exactly what's happened. Uh, The way it's gone, it's been high, low, high, low. So hopefully Michigan can find a high uh, by the time the season wraps up. 
All right, we're going to leave it there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ty underscore Fenwick, and Derek is at Divine Identity. Thanks for listening to us on the Go Blue crew. Uh, Let's just do it anyway and hope for two wins to end the regular season. Nice way to go into the Big Ten tournament. Catch you later. Go Blue. Go Blue.